into the contest. Well, it's Friday the 12th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. It's no Tim Gilbert today. It is uh, actually the greatest guest this podcast has ever seen. <laughs> it is myself, Shad Wicker, filling in here for Tim, obviously joined by the great man, uh, co-host Shane Lee. How are you doing, Shane? Shad, I'm very well, mate. Welcome aboard, buddy. It should be really smooth sailing today, I reckon, with you. I hope so. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a little bit, I'll try and sound a little bit Tim Gilbert. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh, it's a bloody good Friday, isn't it, Shane? I'll try and keep that up a little bit throughout the podcast. Very good, mate. <laughs> Very, very good. <laughs> now, um, we'll kick things off, actually. You've got a great story. Uh, I didn't realise you would be across the bowling world, uh, the 10 pin. Do you have a little bit of the – do you have your own shirt and whatnot or – No, not personally, mate, but a, a very, very good mate of mine, a guy called Stephen Sullivan's son, Jordan. Um, Jordan is a very, very special boy, mate. He's had his, his issues in the past. Um, he copied a very famous 10 pin bowler. I can't think of the guy's name, but he bowls actually with two hands. And he was bowling only this week at Bado Bay 10-pin bowl. Hello. And they started, the crowd started to chant. He bowled, out of 12 possible bowls, he bowled 11 strikes. Whoa. He scored 280. Young Jordan Sullivan, the whole, um, apparently the whole centre was chanting, Geordie, 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 as they went off. And I think his old man had a bit of a tear in his eye as his son, he had bowled 280, his high score. He has a signed pin now from Bado Bay. Bowl. So well done, Jordan. Here you go. Unreal. Today on Afternoon Sport, we're going to be talking cricket as the Aussies move into the T20 World Cup final. Uh, State of Origin's got a really big move for the women's game. Uh, and the Socceroos, well, it's classic soccer, isn't it? Nil or draw with Saudi Arabia after, what, two and a bit years of not playing in Australia? Couldn't even get us a goal. So we'll cover all that today. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Uh, moving straight into cricket, Shano. Australia defeating Pakistan. Oh, no. My dad's going to be even more furious now <laughs> to make it into the 2020 World Cup final. They are, mate. We predicted it might be an Anzac final. It is. Australia takes on New Zealand in the final. Um, a huge game against uh, Pakistan, who are probably going to the... Um, the semi-finals favourites against Australia. Uh, Pakistan scored four for 176, and Australia got it, I think, with one ball to spare, 177 for five. Um, for Pakistan, Rizan scored 67. For Kazaman, 55 off 32 balls. But it was uh, it was Warner again scoring 49 off 30 balls. And um, Matthew Wade played probably the innings of his career. He scored 41 not out of only 17 balls, hitting three sixes in a row to get Australia home. And um, and Marcus Stornis chipped in with 40 not out as well. So, as I said, mate, we are, we are into the T20 World Cup final for the first time. 
Go the Aussies. Uh, well, that's great for the Aussies, but we'll move on. Uh, let's because Ashes is not too far away. Obviously, I'm based up in Brisbane. Mm. We're getting really excited around the Gabba at the moment, and uh, Warner's actually got his opening partner confirmed now. It's confirmed, mate. So George Bailey, he's our chairman of selectors, a former Australian cricketer. Um, he has come out and said that Marcus Harris will be opening the batting with him. This is a big call, I reckon, from our selectors. I I personally don't think that Harris uh, is up to it. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's a big call. Uh, he's only scored 100 this year. He scored 131 in the second innings against New South Wales. But the last match, he scored a duck and scored one. <laughs> he only averages 22 in uh, in test cricket, so it's a big call. So it comes down to now to the number five position that will be open. Will it be Kawaja, uh, Head, or, or Mitchell Marsh? So, But, uh, yeah, they've come out early and said that um, Marcus Harris will be opening the batting with David Warner. Well, you, you mentioned Kawaja in there for, for mm. the fifth man, and he's – been playing unreal uh, in back-to-back yes. shield matches. He's had like centuries. So why why is Marcus Haler going, oh, no, don't get too excited? Well, look, I think um, Kwaja's been batting number four for, for Queensland. Um, he also mm. scored 70. Uh, Queensland were bowled out for 129. He scored 70 on a green wicket. So he's batting exceptionally well. I think Kwaja should be in this test team, uh, and I think he should be ahead of Harris. But uh, Well, you've just given me the stat line of the guy that's going to be partnering Warner, and not to yeah. like... Not to get caught mm. in the numbers, but I mean, it already it sounds like Kawaja's way better. <laughs> yeah, and and, and and numbers suggest that, but uh, he's had his issues. He's come out and had a bit of a crack at Ian Chapel during the week, and and um, he's had his problems with Justin Langer in the past. So is that a big be- is that a big thing in cricket? Like, yeah. like, because it was, it obviously is. But there's so much history in in Australian cricket, and there's like you know players that I remember watching growing up, are now the guys in charge yeah. of getting new players. And you've really got to keep everyone happy in cricket. It would say you do, and and I think it was really really silly of Kawaja having a go at Ian Chapel. I think that every Australian cricketer right now, and mm. and um and and after Ian Chapel should send him a Christmas card every year because what he did with World Series cricket mm. means that. Uh, Cricketers get paid a hell of a lot of money now, and I should be thanking Ian Chappell, not sledging him in the press. So what do you think? Do you think he'll be the one that they'll pick up? Because, I mean, when it comes to the, you know, when it comes down to it, we want to win. Yeah, I think... And if he's going to be the best option. Yeah, well, Head's also scored some runs this year as well, so um, there's a good chance he might probably bat that five position. There's a good chance Kawaja will miss out, mate. All right, so what's going to happen at the Gabba? Am I, are we going to watch an absolute, like, an awesome win here? Because the last time I can remember... Test cricket at the Gabba, we actually had our awesome record ruined. We did 30 years. We, we, we've been <laughs> yeah. winning there for 30, 31 years, and then we lost uh, lost last year. So, um, <laughs> look, I think we will start well. I think um, particularly um, uh, the Poms have had a very sort of disjointed um, preparation for this, um, and they'll go into the cauldron or the Gabba um, behind. So hopefully Australia will win a toss score a hell of a lot of runs, and then we'll bowl them out. All right. Well, uh, that's my prediction. Okay. Was well, that your prediction? Yep. All right, let me just write that down because I reckon I'm on. I've got a couple of I've got a couple of bonus bets sitting somewhere. Can I record another prediction now? The other way, <laughs> yeah. we'll record two predictions. That's right. All right, let's turn to uh, my favourite sport, NRL. I know it's the off season, but there is always stories happening. November second has passed, which means. Which is a, w- a weird thing in my view, to be honest, but it's the idea that now any player can sign a contract that's two years away 
um, and still play a full season with their current club. Still doesn't sit quite right with me. But uh, we've got a lot of signing news at the moment, and it's from a team that I've already said on this podcast I will be leaving at the end of next season. The Warriors <laughs> have tried to be busy this season. Uh, they've just announced one signing already, Eelstar um, running Nakore. Nakore's played pretty good for the Eels. Uh, the Dragons were in the running as well. $2.5 million deal. Big bucks for a guy that was on the bench six times this year. You know, he's up front as well. What's your view on the Warriors with signing? It's always confused me that the Warriors go over across the ditch to get so many players in positions that you would be like, surely this is a position of strength in New Zealand. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, And I I think their recruitment in the last sort of 10 years has been all over shot. But I think Nathan Brown's... It's god-awful. Yeah, I think Nathan Brown's going to bring a... Bring a bit of structure to that. Now I think he's got he's got a long, more of a long term plan. They seem to have just sort of um, even sort of got players just on an ad hoc basis. And uh, mm. I know Nathan Brown. I think he's a fantastic coach, and I, I think he'll really have not only a, a, a one or two year plan, but even a, you know four to five year plan. So I feel like Nathan Brown's the guy you want to get in when you really need to change the direction of a team. Okay, I think looking at his track record as a as a coach, you kind of look at Nathan Brown as he might not win you a premiership, but he'll set your team up to be a finals contender the next like when he leaves because that's what he did to the Knights if you remember it kind of gets a bit topsy-turvy rubs people the wrong way it would seem because he makes these hard decisions especially in player personnel but I think the biggest thing for the Warriors is they do the same thing even though it is Nathan Brown at the helm they're doing the same move again they've also signed uh, Sharks uh, half that's not even in first grade like they've gone to try and get one and already the Sharks are trying to make this player backflip they've done that three years in a row they've gone to try and get a Sharks player in the halves to bring across the ditch to New Zealand. And they've thrown big money out there again at Joey Manu. That was their big fish they wanted to get. A million-a-year contract they offered him. He's taking 200000 less a year to stay at the Roosters. And why wouldn't you? You could probably win a premiership in the next two years. Yeah, and also if you you stay at the Roosters, you get a job for life under Nick Politis. And and there's no way in the world the Roosters were letting Manu go. Um, Inside that camp, they believe when he plays for the Roosters, Mm. they are a 10 to 12 points better off team. Which is massive. He wants a position change too, though, doesn't he? He he believes he's probably more suited to get into that. I thought it was like looking at the idea of fullback or even halves, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And it's but it's an interesting one with the Roosters because you know they they had a pretty amazing year for not having a lot of players on the field, like injuries all through last sure. year. But you've got Luke Keary coming back, who lovely player, unreal, but he's a head knock away from retirement. It's scary watching him play now because of how many concussions he's had. That's a big halves question. You've you've now got no Jake Friend. No. You, you kind of got a lot of gaps in this spine. Is that kind of maybe where Joey, you could probably see Joey move into throughout the year? Yeah, I look, I, I think he's just such an adaptable player. Um, he can play anywhere. But I think just personality-wise, in and around that team and what he does and how hard he is, I think he just brings a, a real um, stillness to that spine, mate. I bloody hate them so much, so it hurts yeah. my soul so much. That they, get, like, they just keep doing well. It kills me inside. Um, <laughs> quick one before we leave off Rugby League. Um, there's a big push at the moment for Kenya yes. to be the next big Rugby League market, and it's actually got the backing of Volandis. Mate, it has, and um, they've been – there's, there's no doubt that the Kenyans produce world-class athletes across a lot of things. There's super uh, potential there. And they want some more feed-up for the, for the NRL. They, obviously, the Pacific is a big part. New Zealand is a big part where we get our rugby league players from. 
But, um, yeah, there's a look at Kenya now, which I think is a real smart move. Well, they're going to need more players because we've got the extra team coming in with the Dolphins at the end of next yep. year. I-, I will do one last one because this is actually awesome news uh, from Rugby League. It was a big Rugby League week for news, which is pretty amazing. But mm. uh, State of Origin, uh, the Women's State of Origin stars, Queensland has announced that they will be getting paid the same match payments as men for the one-off match next season. So this includes, uh, for those who like, don't know the breakdown, it's basically $15,000 if you make the top 19. Mm. So... Um, um, which is the same as what happens with the men's. You get paid per camp as well. So, the, you know, when they choose about 30 players to come into the squad. And now uh, women's athletes will be getting paid the same, which means, uh, which is something that's been happening over the last couple of years, is, you know, some of these ladies have had to take off work. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them have even quit jobs so they can go and represent their state. And now that won't have to be the case because they'll be getting paid a good bit of wicket for the uh, one-off game next year. And New South Wales has said that they're looking to probably follow suit as well, which is great for the female side of the game, the game in general as well. I think it's awesome. Um, if this side of the sport can continue to grow and the investment is there, it's now showing that the QRL and New South Wales RL are winning, willing to now mm. push money into there for the first time in forever. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, we're not at parity yet, mate, because the girls are only playing one game. The blokes play three. Well, yeah. that's it. You, I mean, when we go, if people are going to start the argument about a season, it's a very simple discussion on that. You've got, you've got 26 yep. rounds of football. You've got 18, soon to be 19 clubs playing it. Like, there's you know, millions of dollars in sponsorships. That's got a long way to go. That pays dictated by sponsors. But the state of origin can be dictated by the QRL and New South Wales Island. It's yep. pretty good to see them go, yeah, we're going to do it. That's no, a big step forward. Well, well done to them. All right. Uh, well, let's look at soccer. Um, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Do we have to? I mean, we're going to have to. <laughs> I mean, it is the Socceroos, okay, and I know. Uh, but Australia's biggest issue with the sport has happened again after the Socceroos. What is it? 763 days since the Socceroos played in Australia. Mm. And you're sitting there, you're thinking, here they go. They're back. All right, we're excited for soccer. The international game is finally back. The world's game has returned to Aussie shores. Oh, and we're playing Saudi Arabia. This should be great. We've got fans in the stands. Nil all draw. <laughs> nil, nil all. Yeah, it's not going to put bumps on seats. What it, it, it was, um, and it was a scrappy. It was a scrappy game too. Um, you know, I, I started to watch the first fifteen minutes, and I turned over to some uh, uh, chateau uh, renovation <laughs> thing in France. <laughs> <laughs> that about sums it up, I reckon. I think so. I mean, I mean, there is positives to t- There was a negative out of it. We did lose a player with some injuries, which is going to be a pretty sad one moving forward. I mean, we don't have a, an amazing amount of depth at the soccer at the moment. But a bit, one of the best news was it was a clean sheet for Matt Ryan, who is really solidifying himself as a great Australian goalkeeper, which is what we want moving forward uh, as we start looking towards the qualifying and stuff for the uh, World Cups. Which is the only important part, really? It is, and um, yeah, as, as you was, as you said, uh, it's been two, over two years since Australia's been uh, played in Australia, so um, it, it wasn't their best performance. But it's hopefully, I, I don't know how many more games they've got to play to actually qualify. But it seems like they've been doing this forever. Yeah, I mean, if, I, I lose track to be honest, because yep. I remember it used to be just win the Oceania, and then we decided to yeah. move into the Asia Cup section instead. And then uh, New Zealand was the one that wins the Oceania. (laughs) It never made sense to me, honestly. All I knew that there was always one game on the calendar that the TV would tell me, this is the one. We have to win this one. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll have to wait and see how the Socceroos go moving forward. Uh, (laughs) Let's go to the American sport, which is keeping me very entertained at the moment while we're in a a bit of an Australian off-season from NRL and AFL. Um, The NBA, uh, big time. The Bulls are back. Mm. 
Can I say that? Can I say the Bulls are back after exile for so long? I think you can. I think you can. They're showing some signs there, but um, it's been actually really good viewing the uh, the, the NBA from um, oh, from man. physical sort of altercations through to guys doing 360 dunks. Oh, like, it's, it's all happening at the moment. Crazy. If you want to see a highlight reel today, Levine for, uh, for the Bulls, 360 dunk during yep. a game. You rarely see it. You would rarely see this happen, but uh, you also got pulled for a technical straight after because he screamed right in the face of a ref <laughs> immediately <laughs> after draining it. Uh, the NBA has been so good this year, Shano. One of the reasons is because they've they've done a bit of a rule change for this year mm-hmm. that's uh, eliminated a lot of the fouls that were happening to some of the great shooters. So, like, your Steph Currys, your James Hardens were really good at getting uh, getting players to foul them while they were shooting threes, basically milking it. A lot of it's flopping. And the, uh, the NBA has changed the rulings on it, which has mean there's been far less fouls, especially outside the perimeter, which has made for these really good inside highlight reels from teams because a lot of these, they, they can't just rely on this four-point play from out back. It's really made the game better. And it's very rare you see a sport in any country make a change that is an immediately good, I agree. like received well. Like no one seems to be complaining about this rule change at all in the NBA. So it makes some really good viewing. Uh, the Lakers, we talk about the Bulls going really well. The Lakers Oof. are struggling at the moment. Mm. Um, we've got Westbrook still being a highlight reel of triple doubles, which we were discussing before we started the podcast. Yeah, uh, Shane, which is really impressive for the Lakers. But mate, the guy is still doing. Uh, eight turnovers of the 22 turnovers yeah. from the Lakers. It's <laughs> big numbers, game. isn't it? Mate, it's insane. In fact, you go from one highlight reel, check out the Levine 360, yep. unreal. You want to see another low light reel? Russell Westbrook's <laughs> passing has been so awful for the Lakers. He threw a pass as they were walking across the court into the <laughs> into the other side of the court. He throws a pass to Anthony Davis, marquee franchise player for the Lakers, right in his face. <laughs> Like smacks him right in the mouth. Like it is, mate. It is a comedy of errors at the Lakers at the moment, and they are going. I think they're going to struggle to really feature uh, at the end of the year. There, there were thirty-three lead changes in that game against Miami Heat. That, that's insane. That's insane. But that 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 is great viewing for the spectator. No matter what side yeah. you're on, it, that's what you want. And sometimes basketball can be very one-sided. It can be, but like even with the the Lakers as well. Dwight Howard, another one of their big uh, big players, he got fouled out in eleven minutes. Mm. And his stat line was no points, no assists, <laughs> right? No steals, no blocks, no re- uh, two rebounds, I believe it was. And $456,000 for the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Australia are taking on uh, New Zealand in the T20 final that we uh, spoke about at the top of the podcast there. Shane, now you've been over there uh, a few times. I mean, mm. there's obviously no love lost between Australia and New Zealand when it comes to cricket. But um, any, kind of, any kind of mayhem you've gone over there? to kind of ruin our trans-Tasman relationships in the past? Well, I don't know if I ruined them, but I'll run a little story <laughs> by you. It was 2000. We went there on a one-day tour, and um, we had a – I think we were playing in Christchurch. We had a lovely meal the night before, which – well, we thought it was a lovely meal, but uh, on the morning of the match, Ricky Ponning, Damien Martin, and, and um, Matthew Hayden were all sick, like violently ill. And then I was feeling on the fence during that game, and some guys going, hey, Lee, Lee. What did you have for dinner last night? Did you enjoy your dinner? And I sort of looked around, thought he's going to try, try to fat shame me or something, right? And then he said, did you have the fish? And I did. And I said, no, I had the steak. Okay. And I went back in. I said to uh, to Ponting, Martin and Hayden, what did you boys have for dinner last night out of interest? And they said, the fish. 
And this guy was sort of saying, if you had the fish, mate, I wouldn't have been eating that. And uh, they said, why, why do you ask that question? I said, oh, no, no reason. No reason, mate. All right, well, that's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow and subscribe wherever you listen. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Shana. Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. No worries. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh, who uh, is he's actually a big pain in the ass, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> Tim and Shane will be back next week for your daily dose of sport. I'll see you guys on Friday. I've got a great story for you as well for Friday, Shadow. I've uh, infuriated some people online that are definitely attacking me in the comedy world. So we'll have a bit of fun with that next time. (laughs) And thanks for filling in too, Shad. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care.